On today's episode of Locked On Pit, national champion wrestler Nino Bonacorsi joins the show to talk a little bit about his journey there, all the emotions, and so much more. But it's coming today on this episode of Locked On Pit. You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Well, folks, today we are going to have a very special guest on with Nino Bonacorsi joining the show. I'm very excited about that. Um, it's going to be a really solid 13-minute uh, or so interview for you guys with the national champion wrestler, the first one since Keith Gavin, a lot of good stuff in here about how he made it to where he did um, the different inspirations. And I think it's interesting that, you know, he is obviously coached by the last pit wrestler to win a national championship in Keith Gavin. Uh, there's a lot of good here on pit wrestling. We don't cover a lot of pit wrestling unlocked on pit. So when this came up, I mean, this was a huge opportunity to me to cover a sport uh, that is really intriguing to a lot of people, certainly in Pennsylvania. This feels like, to me, one of the bigger sports that kind of just flies under the radar and people don't really talk about it enough. Um, so this, this to me, feels like a very important um, thing to cover. And I, I know Nino is a really, really big pit dude, uh, obviously from Pittsburgh. So he is full-on trained. Uh, to, to kind of go after it. And, and he's a guy that has just slowly ascended his whole way. But it's a good lesson of perseverance, uh, overcoming one's obstacles, and fully embracing the challenge of those obstacles. It is a great lesson to everyone out there on how to overcome those. And so I'm very excited to share this uh, with you because of what he brings to the table. And such, he's such a great and genuine interview. Um, he, you know, he's super Pittsburgh, got that Pittsburgh accent uh, going on very, very strong, certainly. Um, but he is a guy that brings all the energy to the table. Uh, and, you, and you can see it. Uh, it it's, it's all there. Um, he is a guy that fits in with this group. Uh, really, really well, um, and, and he's a guy that that you really like to come out and, and give you um, that spirit of the program. I, I think it's hard to fully capture the spirit of a pit wrestling program because it has been so prolific and it has been something that Keith Gavin has poured blood, sweat, and tears into. Um, but I, I also think that it's something that really embraces the pit culture and embraces PA culture. Um, I think that is no doubt about that. I think it definitely fits in to everything that you look at. Um, everything you look at overall, um, more importantly, everything that comes with the idea of being a pit wrestler and the program Keith Gavin has built at his alma mater it's been extremely uh, fun to watch that program grow. You know, Keith isn't the most 
rambunctious guy. He's not going to be super out there, but um, he's he's a guy that believes in his in his kids, and he believes in the people that he recruits, and the people can go up against anyone. And Nino is a shining example of that all the way to the national championship out of Bethel Park. Uh, he really is a shining example of kind of what Keith Gavin does uh, at these programs in order to do that. And so absolutely this is a guy that sticks out in a really, really big way. Um, and so I wanted to share Nino Bonacorsi and kind of the personality, the person and the great stuff he brings to the table. So we'll get into the Nino Bonacorsi interview with first folks i do want to let you know about fandle fandle is the official sports book of locked on and it's tournament season so you know everything's getting into the swing of things so you want to get involved well you can get a no sweat first bet of up to one thousand dollars with fandle right now with your first bet and you don't have to worry about anything but with the tournament hanging up there's no better place to get on the action than fandle america's number one sports book you have up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Folks, then you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. So much more. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and, well, super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. All right, everyone. I'm going to give it to you now. Nino Bonacorsi talking. Here he is after winning a national championship with the Pitt Panthers. So you've had some bittersweet seasons, finishing as the PIAA state runner-up twice and then finishing second at the NCAAs the year before last. How much sweeter did finishing at the top of the podium feel because of these events? Yeah, it definitely felt great. It kind of felt like uh, everything was worth it because during those times, those, those low times, you definitely start having doubts about kind of your progress and if you're going to achieve one of your goals. So. You know, I think it's kind of a good story, too, for young wrestlers to see, you know, it doesn't mean just because you don't accomplish your goals maybe in high school or even some of your years in college doesn't mean it's going to end, you know, in a bad way. So I think it was uh, it's kind of great to see that, you know, all that work I put in during all those low moments paid off and just really grateful that it all kind of worked out. So during your finals match, you started down 3-0. So after you let Sloan up, like what was going through your head in that moment? Well, I feel like my style of wrestling is very offensive and very aggressive. And I feel like throughout my matches, you know, whether I'm down or up, I'm always kind of trying to score the next point and kind of stay the course. So um, I was down, and but it was, certainly wasn't like a moment of panic. It was sort of a moment of like, you know, all right, now we got to kind of pick things up, kind of keep doing what we're doing, but let's do it a little faster. So, uh, so yeah, so it was, it was tough kind of rallying back. But I think once I got that first takedown, I was uh, kind of back in it. And, Good. And then in in the last period, you spent about around 50 seconds or so getting some ride time. Was there a moment whenever you're like, oh, my gosh, like I'm about to win a national championship? Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, so it was funny because where we ended up, the camera or the, the, the time the machine or whatever it was at the scoreboard, it was like right in front of where we were sitting. So uh, I happened to like be looking up and it was around the 
15 second mark when it ticked from like 15 to 14. Um, I was kind of trying to squeeze him real hard, and my opponent actually like looked up at the clock and looked back down, and he said, "Good match, man." So he kind of like not conceded, but kind of acknowledged that kind of the match is over. So there's a video of like I give him a pat on the chest, and it was kind of at that moment when I kind of said out loud, "I was like, oh my god, believe him, <laughs> this is actually happening," and it was just something that I'll never forget, and just really, really crazy. So as like Amelia mentioned and you were talking about, you have a very strong friendship with 133-pound starter Mickey Felipe. Um, can you just describe how he's impacted your pit wrestling career? Yeah, me and Mickey are, are best buds. He, he was someone who not only is my friend off the mat and someone I can go get food with and just kind of take the stress away from wrestling, he was someone who pushed me every day. And obviously it's weird to say because we're not the same weight, so you're like, how can someone push someone? But it was just the fact that you know, when we'd be working out individually or we'd be going through a rough patch, it was just nice to have someone there and you're like, hey man, we're gonna, you know, keep your head up or, or let's just, let's try to do it this way. Just, just someone that be with you other than your coaches was really instrumental in my career. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was hard because when I would, I would watch Mickey's matches, I get so nervous. So then when it was over, I'm like, oh, I'm like already sweating before my match even <laughs> came up. So it was, it was just great having someone like that on the team and someone I consider more of a brother than, than a teammate. And then you mentioned weight for a minute. Somebody told me that before COVID, you wrestled a different weight class, yeah. but then you gained around 12 pounds. Yeah. So <laughs> can you tell us that story? For sure. So it's actually kind of funny. So we, I was 184 pounder my um, year before COVID. And then the then NCAAs canceled our championship. So we all kind of just like went home. So there was nothing to do other than like lift and just eat. So, and my mom's, well, I'm Italian, so my mom's like a great cook, and she's always cooking me stuff, and, you know, I felt like every time, like, I turn around, there's just a plate in front of me, so I'm like, well, I'm going to eat it. So, so between all that, just all the lifting and everything, I gained, I got up to, like, 220. So, I was like, yeah, so I gained, like, quite a lot of weight, and uh, I felt like I just kind of went into, like, my natural size. Like, I felt like I could always be a 197 pounder, but it took, like, a whole year of just lifting and eating to kind of get to that point. So, got a little too high, then I had to cut back down, down to 197, <laughs> but uh, it ended up working out. It was, I always look back and think COVID, like COVID was like obviously horrible and everything, but it was really a blessing for me because it put me in my weight that I would do all these great things in. So, yeah, so it was kind of funny how it worked out. And then kind of going back to practice season, can you describe Coach Gavin's practice style and what it's like to be in that wrestling room? Yeah, it's uh, it's a great room. You know, it's, it's very... Keith is very, like, stoic, and he really shows, like, no emotion. So I feel like if people were to, like, analyze his practice based on how he looks, he'd be like, oh, my God, you guys have no fun in there. It's, like, horrible. But uh, he's actually, like, very, has, like, very dry humor and is a very, very, like, funny and calm guy. So um, his practice is really geared toward, like, each individual's progress, whereas, like, I feel like some coaches or some programs will um, one kind of style fits all sort of thing, whereas Keith is, like, you know, finding each individual wrestler's uniqueness and progress and kind of expanding on their their own lane you know which I thought was something like pretty interesting and I didn't see it a lot of colleges I feel like maybe a coach will have a certain I don't know certain technique that he wants everyone to hit everyone has to do it this way whereas Keith is like oh you're better at this do it that way you're better at this do it this way so that was kind of something that he implemented in all our practices and kind of just made it really individualized and yeah I think that gave me a lot of progress. So, obviously, you just achieved something amazing, but I have to ask, what is next for your wrestling career? 
So I definitely want to get into coaching. I want to stay with wrestling. I mean, I, I bleed wrestling. It's it's something I've been doing my whole life. So it kind of feels wrong to not continue it in some capacity, whether that's competing internationally or coaching at some level. So um, I would definitely like to stay around and, you know, hopefully a pit as well. So I definitely want to stay involved in either coaching or, or competing in some aspect. And then uh, there was an interview you got pretty emotional about your relationship with your dad and him coaching you. Mm. All of my brothers had a very similar experience yeah. with my dad coaching them in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So uh, can you just explain what that was like, especially since he taught you how to hit a single leg and that yeah. was what won you a national yeah. title? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I always laugh. I look back at my interviews during the weekend. It's like they get you like right off the map. So it's like everything's. All so emotional. You don't even have time to breathe. Sort of, yeah. And I'm like, you kind of like think of stuff on the spot. So it's hard. But uh, yeah, that question really hit home because my dad really is my best friend. And he was someone who who sacrificed a lot for me in my career. And, you know, I always remember, think back to the times where uh, he'd come home from work and we'd pack up his truck and just drive to practice every day. And, And those were times where I would ask him, like, all the questions of, like, the universe. Like, you believe in aliens? Like, you know, how does, like, real estate work I just asked him all these questions and uh, you know especially it was such perfect story full circles when you know I came to my first like youth practice and he uh, he taught me how to hit the single leg and you know the exact same one he taught me I hit to win the title and uh, you know it's kind of all glory to him you know I wouldn't be here without him and my family but you know it sticks out he sticks out to me because he was someone who was there for everything and uh, yeah, it just means a lot to kind of do that for him and kind of finally get his hand on a national title trophy. We've been working so long for it, so it's been great. And then keeping with the theme of wrestling in your life, outside of wrestling, like how has being a wrestler impacted your life and your perspective on things? Mm-hmm. It's made me it's made me who the person I am today. It's um, I, I, It took me a long time to realize I, I identified a lot of who I am and what I do as a wrestler, and uh, it took me a lot of highs and lows in the sport to realize that I am more than just a wrestler. Uh, I'm a brother. I'm now an uncle. Uh, you know, I'm a son. So it, it just, uh, it, it not only shaped, it not only let me see that perspective of myself, but it also shaped me, my work ethic. And uh, it taught me, you know, humility and just how to be, you know, a good person. You know, I don't think there's a better teacher than the sport of wrestling. So it's really done everything for me. Um, so you mentioned maybe wanting to come back to Pitt in the future on a different side of things. Can you just say how the Pitt community has kind of impacted you over the last couple of years? Yeah, they've uh, they've been. This is a second home for me. You know, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm from Bethel Park. So, uh, in a way, it feels nice to finally kind of bring a title back for my home city. Just kind of, it just feels so humbling and so grateful. Um, but yeah, to kind of stay within the realm of Pittsburgh would be huge for me because this is, you know, these are my people. Uh, They showed up to all my home matches. They're in my backyard. So to kind of be able to give back to this community and this city that's done so much for me would be, would be huge. It would be everything. So, And to follow that up, how would you describe your experience with pit wrestling in one word? Great question. Uh, Hmm. I'd say probably relief. Uh, I feel like there was a lot of times in my in my career where I just I don't know. You put a lot of work in, and you just kind of hope at the end you're like, I hope this is all worth it. And you know, with without pit wrestling, without pit staff, my teammates, 
uh, it might not have been worth it. So to kind of be able to say I, I did it, this is full relief, and it was just kind of eased all my doubts I ever had. And then uh, what advice do you have for any young wrestlers? I would say certainly consistency. Um, I think, like I was saying before, I feel like I'm a prime example of, you know, maybe not achieving all your dreams and aspirations when you're young and you're before college. So I think, you know, looking at me as someone who kind of just stuck with the course and kind of stayed consistent throughout. And um, I wouldn't let your, your, your accolades now determine you know what you think you're going to be or how you're going to end up you know your story's not finished yet and um, I think that was a good example and vice versa I feel like maybe if you do have success when you're younger or in high school doesn't necessarily mean you need to stop working now because you got everything going for you um, I think both parties can attribute to just being consistent just kind of putting that work in every day and not checking the box but uh, really trying to get one percent better every day and great things can happen. And then one last question, more of a funny one. So most of the season, you've had a bit of a mop on your head. <laughs> then you went, it's it's all gone now. So okay. what's up with that? So it was, um, it, a lot of it was superstition. I'll admit it now. Because it, in, in the moment, I was like, I, I don't want superstition. And I knew it looked bad, but I tried to be like, it looks good. Uh, so I just felt like I always wrestled good with long hair. I don't know what it was. It could be all in my head. But uh, so I kind of long and then I was wrestling and I like didn't lose yet so I'm like well can't change anything now so uh, so I kind of just kept it long and then it got to a point where I was like okay soon as nationals is over I gotta cut this thing so uh, I'd say it was more superstition and just trying to you know stick what was what was worth working so did it never bother you, like, getting in your eyes or oh, anything? Oh, it did, yeah. It got in my <laughs> eyes. It was, like, hot. Like, I'd be, like, I'd, like, I could cool down. I felt like a dog. Like, it was, <laughs> he, like, trimmed. It was just, like, dirty. And, like, it was just, it was horrible. It was a mess. But uh, it looked cool when I wrestled, I guess. <laughs> and then this is, like, more of an opinion thing. Yeah. Do you think cauliflower ear is unavoidable or, like, is it inevitable? I think it's inevitable, to be honest. So, funny story. So, everyone's like, oh, wear your headgear. You want to cauliflower. I got my cauliflower ear from wearing my headgear. So, yeah. So, I feel like no matter what you do, you're probably going to get it. Um, I mean, I think there's things you can do. I mean, people have it way worse than me. And it's getting to a point where, like, I can't wear Like, earbuds. earbuds so, yeah. I think do over the ears. But uh, I think it's something that's just kind of bound to happen. But, uh, yeah. So... Right. Yeah. Cool. Dino Bonacorsi. It's a great interview done by Aaron Clark and Amelia Pearson of Pitts of the Point. The TV show runs on the University of Pittsburgh all the time. I'm part of that as well. They did a great job there. Nino is a really good character, really good guy to, to learn from. I, I hope he uh I hope he does come back to Pitt to coach. I think that was a really cool uh little tidbit there that, that could potentially be a thing. Uh, and you know, you'll you look at really everybody and, and, and that coaching staff and how much it has developed guys like Nina, man, just to not ever give up. Right. Cause you know, there, there are other guys that have joined that coaching staff too. You know, Demetrius Thomas is still around, right? Jake Wenzel is now there as well. Um, helping out coach Luke Pletcher certainly has tons of connections here um, as well. So, all of this is great, and the pit wrestling program is on the way up because of Keith Gavin and what he's done, and guys like Nino Bodo Corsi are exemplary of that. 
All right, folks, as always, thank you for listening to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Plenty more coming from me about pit football and so much more. It's coming up on the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for listening, folks, and as always, hail – 